And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. My name is Jared Weiss. I am joined by the Sixers reporter for the Athletic, Rich Hoffman. Rich, we just watched Steph Curry go off and then they almost beat the Clippers, but we're not even going to talk about that because we have to talk to our Sixers reporter about the never ending insanity that is the Ben Simmons situation. What is going on in the last 24 hours? Why would we talk about basketball being played at its highest form? That's not when... what basketball is about. It's about no, it's, talking it's... about drama. <laughs> and a guy not wanting to play for a, uh, a specific city. Yeah. So it's funny, Jared, yesterday I was in new Orleans Sixers played a basketball game. Ben Simmons was suspended. It felt fairly normal. You know, this has been a team that is emphasized from Doc Rivers on down, that they are pretty focused despite all of this drama that's going on, that the chemistry outside of uh, Ben Simmons is pretty good. And the image I have in my head, is Ben Simmons dribbling to the side as everybody else is like smiling and laughing at practice, working on drills. Uh, but here's the thing. When the game is over, it turns into Ben Simmons time again with the Sixers. And, you know, as was reported today, he was supposed to work out. He was part of like the low minute group, the no minute group, because he got suspended and uh, it didn't happen. He talked about a back injury and he, he left and and that that is what happened today. And then the the remarkable thing that happened today was Daryl Morey went on local talk radio and really just, look, he didn't say anything that we didn't already know about his strategy. I'm not trading him for role players. We want him to come back. We're going to continue to find him. He hinted at all that stuff. But the fact that he said it yeah, he said is it. just, yeah, that's not your cookie cutter GM interview. So so that is what happened today. A lot of stuff. Jason Kelsey, the Eagle Center, ripped him. There, there was a bunch of stuff that happened, but nothing changed. This is a standoff where both sides are completely dug in. We'll see if that changes tomorrow. But, like, yeah, as much noise and as much coverage as this gets, nothing changed today. Nothing changed as far as its direction, but it certainly accelerated or maybe locked into its direction even more because everything is kind of going out into the open. There's a lot less sources say happening here, a lot less of speculative how much is this posturing and when are they going to relent? Like now they're like straight up sticking their chest out in public and seeing where the, I guess, where the piss is blowing in the wind. Yeah, they are. And I, I think this has been Daryl Morey's, I guess, like his private message, like, for, for what people were saying from that organization, he was like, we're not going to trade this guy for no reason. And and he has always held that, like, I think Ben Simmons is good. I think our team is good when Ben Simmons plays. So, you know, and he talked about championship odds and all of that stuff. And are we going to ruin the balance? It's just, it's such a weird situation, Jared, because, 
you know, you have Doc Rivers a day after kicking Ben Simmons out of a practice <laughs> because he just said, no, I'm not going to go through this walkthrough defensive drill. Doc Rivers, I, I mean, it was weird yesterday, but he just kept saying, look, we're going to welcome him back tomorrow at practice if he has a better attitude, all that stuff. It's just they want him back, but everything just like realistically, it just doesn't feel like he should be back. He doesn't want to be back. The fans don't want him back. I, I don't really think the Sixers like would like be crazy about getting him back, but they have no other option, a- and and they are pretty adamant that this is the party line here, that, hey, uh, if you want to play NBA basketball, at least in the near future, it is going to have to be for the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know how he'll react. He probably has some options to make things weirder and more awkward, but I guess we'll have to see what they are. It's always funny when you see people being like, the situation's gone too far. Just trade them already and stuff like that. It's like, no, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable with these crazy situations. These are adults that can handle that, and they have no leverage right now, and time is probably the only thing that's going to give them leverage back. And a good way for them to avoid the awkwardness is just to kick them out and send them home, and I don't really think it's going to hurt his value really anymore. I think at this point it's more of a, how are the other teams that are trying to get him, how are they going to pressure each other into building that leverage back up for Philadelphia? But here's the thing. I don't think they want to pay him to go home. Now, maybe they have to. Maybe he makes it that way. It seems crazy. Like, the idea of him playing for the Philadelphia 76ers at the Wells Fargo Center, I mean, that I can't even imagine what that atmosphere would be like. They want him to play. Like, he, they, they think he's a good player. Obviously, they don't think he's, like, a superstar-level player. They wouldn't have tried to trade him for James Harden if that wasn't the case. But, I, I mean, they want him to play. And, and I think it's – I don't know how realistic that is. I don't know how realistic it is that they'll ever get a player that they're looking for. Daryl Morey kept calling it difference makers. We'll see, man. I, I, you know, it's it's crazy. I mean, the reason why I say that is because you can't just keep kicking him out of practice every single day. No. Like at a certain point, you just have to make you have to keep him away if he's going to keep. I'm fine with him forcing his way out of town. I'm always fine with guys doing that, but showing up to practice and refusing to participate in practice, like that's actually kind of violating the, the the sanctity of basketball and teamship and all that stuff. I mean, like, logically, you're right. You can't have after every single game, hey, uh, are we going to have another story about what he did to get out of practice? Did he give somebody a, I don't, I don't even know, like, did he start a fight? Did he do all this stuff? It's Does he just, even really have a back? Is, it, is that made up? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can't have that every day. But I don't know, like, the posturing that Daryl Morey – Gabe today said, we're willing to do that if you're going to keep being a nudge, if you're going to keep being a pain in the butt, because we want you to play for us. So, I mean, like, yeah, I think like sending them away or permanently suspending them, maybe that is the ultimate option or whatever. But the other part of this is they do not want to pay him to go away. That is how this started. He thought he was going to get paid to go away. And they said, "Uh uh-uh, we're going to keep this money in escrow. And that's not going to happen. He said, oh, well, now I'm going to show up and try and make things awkward. So it's just... I mean, it's a crazy situation. You're right. They have no leverage over the the trade market. The only person they have leverage over is Ben Simmons because he has four years left on his contract, and they are pushing on him pretty hard. All right. Well, uh, the NBA, we love drama, and holy crap, is there plenty of it in Philadelphia. Rich Hoffman and Be- uh, Derek Bodner. I almost said Rich Hoffman and Ben Simmons have you covered. Ben Simmons will have us covered by providing more news to cover. But yeah, Bodner and Hoffman will be covering that for us over on The Athletic. Let's take a break, and then let's actually talk about basketball. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, let's actually talk about basketball, and it starts with the late game. The Warriors beat the Clippers 115-113. to Steph Curry made every shot in the first quarter, um, and then they somehow were going to not win this game for a decent amount of it. And they were leaking oil at the end, too. Like I think they had a couple possessions where Wiggins was way too involved and the Clippers were denying Steph the ball. So what did they do? Steph shot two, was that like a 30-footer, 32, and then a 32-footer? I think that was like a 40-footer. They were bombs, both of them, and they the first one came off a bad offensive possession at the end of the shot clock, and the other one came in transition where he got rid of it real quick. And, I mean, that's just the magic of Steph Curry. There's nobody like him in the NBA. Obviously, you talked about the 25-point first quarter. Yeah, the fact that they even had to make it a game, I guess we could talk about that in a little bit, but, I mean, that guy... When he has it cooking in his home arena, there's really nothing like it in the NBA, and uh, he willed them to that victory tonight. And just to be clear, the first quarter was Steph Curry 25, LA Clippers 27. He almost outscored the entire Clippers team, but the Warriors were up 44 to 27 after the first. Then the Clippers outscored them 40 to 22 in the second quarter, and then it was kind of back to normalcy after that. Yeah, and I think the Clippers. I didn't know exactly what to expect from them with with no Kawhi, but first off, it was very impressive how they bounced back in that game, Paul George, and really their style. It seems like it carried over from that Utah series last year. Like they're going to play five out, and they're going to pick on your bad defenders with Reggie Jackson and you know Marcus Morris. They had Eric Bledsoe screening a lot in this game as well, and they're going to bomb a bunch of threes on you. And I, I you know I don't think they're going to compete for a Western Conference title with this group as long as Kawhi isn't there, but they have a style that is pretty tricky to play against, and they used it to get back in this game. Yeah, and so Eric Bledsoe is making his return to the Clippers, and he has 22 points on 10 for 16 shooting, had three steals as well. Like, this is the Eric Bledsoe that I'm sure New Orleans would have loved to have seen, but unfortunately they didn't get to see him at all. Yeah, he was he was used as a screener a lot. They were picking on Steph. That's what they do with their five-out Offense and he he was pretty good as the role man. He was like making plays. He was finishing a couple at the rim. Obviously, New Orleans not the not the greatest year. I mean, I I get it. It's probably a little dis- disappointing to be traded from a contender in Milwaukee to go to that New Orleans situation during COVID. You know, give give Eric I guess a uh, you know a pass for that season. But yeah, he, he was definitely good tonight. I do think they they got a little bit better when Terrence Mann got switched onto Curry in the middle of the game. He did a good job. But, yeah, the Clippers, I mean, they, they have a lot of athletic wings, you know, and they're uh, pretty much all of those guys can shoot the ball. So I, I think they lost, but I think they could feel pretty good about how they looked in this game. 
Yeah, especially because they were ice cold for a while. And by the way, we should mention Paul George was phenomenal in the second quarter. I think he went eight for nine in the second quarter. So he he was giving Steph a run for his money. But, you know, Marcus Morris had an overall poor night. Reggie Jackson had a terrible shooting night. Yet they were hitting clutch threes at the end of the game. And this this Clippers team has just seems to always hit those threes at the end of the games and make it close. Yeah. Outside of Steph, they limited the Warriors threes, I thought, for a decent portion of this game. But Steph Steph got free a few times. Yeah, they uh I really thought the Clippers played pretty well. And you saw, you know, some of the the issues, potential issues with the Warriors. They turned the ball over a lot. They have that that system with all the ball and player movement. And, you know, they can they can get a little bit careless led by Steph. But uh that was that was a great game for like the second night of the season. That was that was high level basketball. Yeah, and I guess it was big for the Warriors to know that they don't need their big star Jordan Poole to carry them on a nightly basis. He definitely had a, a little bit of an off night. Bielitsa got picked on defensively, I thought, in the middle of the game, and that's that's okay. You know, I, I don't think this Warriors team is uh is necessarily flawless, even though they're they're undefeated from the from the preseason and now, but uh they look like they're gonna be a problem when Clay comes back. That was a great, exciting, tight game. The opposite of that was Miami-Milwaukee, the uh, the early exciting matchup. And the Miami Heat won this one. This is not a typo. 137-95. to 95. They just kind of blew them out the gate in the first quarter. They were up, I think, 25, as much as 25 in the first. Milwaukee pushed back a little bit to try to get it down to about 15. And then it just kind of ran away from there. And the star of this show was Tyler Hero, who had 27 points in only 24 minutes on top of five assists. And he just looks like he really is the real deal. Yeah, and he's huge for them because their their bench is pretty questionable, I would say, coming into the season. They have a they have like guys who, you know, have been bounced around in the league and guys like Max Struess who kind of came up through their development program, but they seem like a top heavy team. I'm sure PJ Tucker was pretty happy to get a win over his old team. But Hero is that guy who can elevate that bench. And yeah, I mean, after the rough season, you know, I think a lot of people wonder, was he kind of a one hit wonder? Was the bubble just, you know, insane shooting from him as a rookie? But, you know, twenty seven points, he made a he made a running three-pointer at the end of the first quarter to finish off a 40-point first quarter for the Heat. And yeah, I imagine the Heat were pretty amped up for this game. You know, they they got embarrassed by the Bucks in the playoffs last year. And, you know, Bucks coming off the uh, emotional high from the other night. I, I think that's not, not exactly a schedule loss, but not uh, not unexpected either, I would say. Hero is one of those guys that has a big breakout first season, tries to kind of play their game that they had before they got to the league in their second season goes completely wrong. Then they kind of have to really lock in and figure it out for that third year. And then they have that big blow up in the third year. And it looks like he's one of a few guys around the league that are going to pull that off. And that's important because Miami is an exciting team, but they kind of really need everybody in like their top six of their rotation to hit if they're going to be that good. And we, we saw what it looked like when they actually pull it off. Yeah. And he's the sixth guy, right? So, you know, 27 points, five assists. I mean, obviously like when he has it going, can really make shots off the dribble, off the move, can really be a pain for defenses. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're absolutely counting on him to take a step forward this year. And hey, it's a good start for him. All right. Well, the other big matchup, the the one that was actually on TNT, it's surprising that this is the one that gets TNT compared to that game. Trey Young versus Luka Doncic. Every single game decides whether or not the trade was a complete failure for the other side. And uh, we had Trey coming out on top, 113-87, another blowout game. 
exciting at first, and then like it just kind of got broken open. But both Luca and Trey kind of they they were pretty mediocre in this game shooting wise. But Trey, the fourteen dimes, I mean, he was just running the offense beautifully there in the third quarter. He got cooking in the third quarter with their uh, their like double drag action, some of those pick and rolls. John Collins, Clint Capella. I mean, they're that's just a very clean offensive fit with all of those wings surrounding him. And Trey, yeah, he's you know maybe the best lob thrower in the game. I, I like how he. When he lobs, he already jumps like he's he's like expecting the guy to dunk it already. He had a few of those in the third quarter. Yeah, and he, you know, despite some of the shooting, he had a much easier night than Luca. But I think part of the reason for that is he didn't have DeAndre Hunter guarding him. DeAndre Hunter is a guy who the Hawks made that run in the playoffs last year. He was not available for for I think the second and third series there. Yeah, it was so, insane that they did everything they did last year with him hurt. Yeah, and he took a big step forward during the regular season. So I think there's a lot to be excited about in Atlanta. And they're just, they're deep, you know. I kind of, watching that game, I forgot they have guys like Dalen Wright. Cam Reddish was doing some stuff. He he really didn't show up until the very end of that Bucks, uh, Bucks series as well. So they, they got a lot of depth on that team. I mean, Gorgie Jang went four for five. I mean, enough said yeah. right there. And he's um, the replacement for a Kongwu right now. Yeah, too, exactly. So. It's funny, the stuff that they do with... Trey in the pick and roll with Collins and Capella is so interesting because like there was this one play they had in the, I think it was in the third quarter where Trey and Collins, they run their pick and roll down the middle. Collins gets the ball kind of in like around the free throw line in the kind of short roll area. And Clint Capella is just kind of rolling behind all that action going on. And the defense collapses on Collins and Collins just slips it to Capella, who has like a wide open dunk. And you're like, how on earth is Clint Capella finding a wide open dunk off a pick and roll? But it's funny because Golden State is doing a lot of this kind of big to big passing underneath. And they look like they're kind of doing it to hope to find some sort of look potentially. While Atlanta, they look like they're in full control when they're doing that stuff. That's the offense there. Like Golden State's trying to just foster some ball movement, you know, get the defense rotated. No, the Atlanta's looking for a dunk from one of those two guys. And, you know, now that you mention it, they, they kind of remind me a little bit. Are they the modern version of, of C.P. Blake and DeAndre, you know, with the with the big-to-big passing, with the four-man who can both make a few plays but also dunk on your head if, if he is the guy rolling as well. When they beat the Sixers in the playoffs last year, I just was, you know, even when they didn't have good offensive games, I was like, man, that is just a very clean, efficient, like, philosophy of offense. And Trey Young obviously is the the guy that makes that go. But it's just, you know, just run those guys in a pick and roll, have Kevin Herter and, and whoever else surrounding the three-point line. It's uh, It's tough to stop. All right, that's going to do it for us here. Enjoy your day. Enjoy the rest of the Athletic NBA show programming throughout the week. Of course, you'll find the ding there every single weekday morning. So for Rich Hoffman, I'm Jared Weiss. Rich, take us out of here. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.